12 years filled with destruction and war, corruption, sanctions, uh, collapses in countries like Lebanon, as well as uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, knock-on effects of the war in Ukraine have contributed to a twin humanitarian and economic crisis of epic proportions in Syria. That's what we talk about uh, right now, where uh, more than 15 uh, 0.3 million people, some 70% of the population, uh, are in need of urgent humanitarian assistance, a harsh winter, uh, cholera outbreak in the northwest, and 1.8 million people living in camps and overcrowded sites, uh, intense in temperatures below zero degree Celsius. This is a story of uh, Bilad Sham of Syria that we've spoken about for a very long period of time uh, and uh, no amount of fatigue, uh, no amount of change news agenda should uh, thwart us from turning our attention back at every opportunity to what is going on in Syria and the responsibilities that we owe to the people of Syria and Bilad al-Sham in general. Before uh, this becomes too bleak, and it is uh, on one level, it, it is, uh, to be realistic, it is bleak, I want to share uh, an upbeat uh, no, a sound that uh, her, I had heard from uh, Syria this week from one of the refugee children. Uh, and it's great and gratifying to see that uh, uh, there is a bit of stability coming into the educational field and, uh, you know, children are now, after years of uh, being in limbo, attending some sort of makeshift schools, makeshift makatib, and are learning their deen. And, you know, we, we see the uh, videos of children reciting the Qur'an, children learning the deen, and this was very inspiring. A child, a uh, Syrian refugee child, reading or reciting the names of the Ashara and Mubashara. الأشر المبشرون بالجنة أبو بكر الصديق عمر بن الخطاب عثمان بن عفان علي بن أبي طالب سعد بن أبي وقاص عبد الرحمن بن عوف أبو عبيد بن الجراح طلحة بن عبيد الله الزبير بن العواب سعيد بن زيد رضي الله عنهم أجمعين ما شاء الله So that's a beautiful recitation and uh, as I said to start off with something upbeat coming from Bilad Sham, the uh, child out there is recorded by Khari Ziyad Patel uh, reading the names of the Ashara Mubashara, building a connection with those Sahaba, so many of them uh, were traversed in years gone by to this land of Bilad Sham, and so many of the Qubur also scattered all over this land. Uh, intrinsically, it's a land of Baraka. Uh, the uh, wings of the angels spread over this land, and uh, the the soil of this land tells the story of so many Ambiya who have lived here, passed away here, Wahi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming down. And 
the sacrifices of innumerous Sahaba radiallahu anhum, uh, amongst them uh, some of the greatest of the Ashara Mubashara. To set the scene, let's speak to Kariziyad Patel right now, who's uh, uh, doing important work on the ground on behalf of the Al Imdad Foundation. Kharisab, Jazakallah Khairan for joining us this evening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Hafiz Ibrahim, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity this evening. Allah bless each and every one of you. Amen. Let's maybe give give people listening this evening a bit of context and set a picture for us for the sound that we've just heard of you know the young child reciting the names of the Ashara Mubashara. Where exactly was that? And tell us a bit about the child and the the general conditions in which that took place. So Subhanallah, you know. Ibrahim, every single time we venture out uh, to this part of the world and every time we come out here we engage with the Syrian refugees with the Syrian orphans and I always say this it always grips the heart it touches the heart, it moves the heart and I make sure to Allah that I myself personally I haven't become immune to the pain of these people and every single time we come out here uh, subhanallah, you know, we feel the pain we feel uh, that motivation at times. We feel that inspiration at times. Like meeting this child, and of course, just yes, meeting those children in that maktab, in that madrasa. You know, uh, I, in fact, I personally myself, every time I come out here, I make it a point to visit the children in that maktab, just to listen to them read Quran, to listen to them read some ahadith, etc. You know, it just moves you, it motivates you, and this particular madrasa or maktab is one of many, one of many on the Syrian uh, Turkish border. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, the Alimbar Foundation, we run a series of madrasas and maktabs on either side of the border. Uh, some in the refugee camps itself, in Syria itself, on that side of the border. And of course, yes, for the refugees that are residing in Turkey, on this side of the border. So, on either side, on either side of this border, which is a very long border, Alhamdulillah, we have, have a series of maktabs uh, in the refugee camps or either in, in, in Turkey itself, in some of these, in these areas where the, 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 the refugees are residing. But alhamdulillah, this was something which is so important. It was something that is so necessary. And I always say this, you know, we can give people physical relief in the form of food aid. Uh, like right now, we were giving winter packs. We can give them shelter. All the aid to nourish the physical body, that is good, alhamdulillah. But what about nourishing the spiritual self? What about nourishing that? And this is so important to take care of a person's uh, Islamic needs, a person's Iman, a person's Deen. And this is even more important. As one person has said to me, if, for instance, somebody passes away because of starvation, yes, it is indeed a very, very sad situation. But if somebody passes away without Iman, there's no way to even, even equate to that. There's no way at all to ever equate such a situation. Hence, at the Alimbar Foundation, uh, we have taken this as a priority uh, to make sure that we see uh, to the Islamic spiritual needs of the orphans, the, 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 the children, the Syrian uh, refugees, wherever they're residing. And alhamdulillah, we thank Allah Ta'ala we are seeing the fruits. We are seeing the fruits. And uh, you know, to, see, to listen to the Quran, I, I, I sat with, an, with a four-year-old child uh, reciting for me from Surah Baqarah. A four-year-old child becoming half of the Qur'an. 
Wallahi, how does this move me? It moved me. And uh, to the teams and to the people that motivated us to get this master brain, etc. May Allah as well have blessed them. For indeed, myself and yourself, I don't think we wouldn't have such a grounding in Deen and Islam today if it were not for the Maktab system. If the Maktab system is destroyed, and yes, we've seen this in different parts of the world where the Maktab system was seized and destroyed, then Islam is at a loss in those countries. Alhamdulillah, we have a strong grounding in Islam because of the Maktab system. And going forward, this is my appeal to every one of us out there. We strengthen our Maktab system locally, abroad, wherever it may be, because this is the powerhouse Alhamdulillah. So, so Karisam, give us uh, an indication of uh, the areas that uh, you you have uh, visited this time. Uh, you know, is has it been uh, on on the Turkish side? Has it been uh, onto the Syrian side? Uh, and from your last visit until now, uh, what 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 are the major observations that you have made in terms of conditions, uh, interactions, as well as needs? See, so just for the record, uh, I must just put this on record that wherever we operate, we operate within a legal framework with the necessary permissions, etc. Uh, so it's, it's well coordinated. It's fully approved, alhamdulillah. The permissions that are in place which allows us to go into the refugee camps to conduct the necessary relief work, etc., so that's something which I must place on record. So Alhamdulillah, uh, on this border region, let us call it the border region, where uh, up to about a million Syrian refugees are presently residing. Just on this border region, uh, and the, the winters are extremely harsh and extremely cold. And this region and the area of the Middle East, uh, of course, so these, these parts of Sham as well, they're known for the extreme harsh winters. And Alhamdulillah, that's the reason why at the Alindar Foundation, we've made this an annual project of the Alindar Foundation, Operation Winter Warmth, focused on these countries. So Alhamdulillah, whilst at home, we are enjoying the warmth, we're enjoying the heat. Trust me, it is bitterly, bitterly cold in this part of the world. This time around, there was not a lot of snow. There was not a lot of snow compared to last year. Exactly one year ago, I was also here on the ground, and it snowed very, very heavily. Alhamdulillah, this year there hasn't been that much of snow. It has snowed here and there, not excessive snow, but it is still bitterly, bitterly cold. In fact, we've heard of reports, we've even heard of reports that in certain areas, in certain tents, some of the children have passed on because of how severe the cold is. So what are we providing? What are we providing for them? We, Alhamdulillah, we provide for them a good stock of coal, a very good stock of coal. Uh, families also get a, a stove, and this stove is used to warm up the tent or warm up the container, etc. Uh, in addition to that, the children have been given winter warmers with, with, with jackets, with boots, with gloves, warm hats. And uh, subhanAllah, with that, they get other rations as well just to take them through. So whilst we at home are complaining of load shedding, and this has become the norm across many of our communities, wherever you go, people are complaining about load shedding. I just say this, see it for a moment and halt, halt, and think about others that are living in tents without no electricity whatsoever and with extreme cold. So we need to really make a lot of sugar, whether it may be 12 to 13 hours of electricity for the day, we make sugar. And you know, subhanAllah, one thing which really caught my attention on this visit, everyone who I met, I asked them, how are you? And the response is, Alhamdulillah, 
we praise Allah upon all conditions. And this is the response I've been hearing for the last 11 years. Since this Syrian refugee crisis has begun, this is the response I've been hearing. Alhamdulillah, So I thank Allah that He has chosen us, us as a community. He's chosen the Alindad Foundation and other organizations as well. He's chosen us to venture out into this part of the world and to do uh, uh, some, to give some kind of assistance to our brothers and sisters here who really have to undergo very, very harsh severe conditions. Uh, Tell us in terms of the the, the structures that that house people. Now, obviously, many of these have been institutionalized over a period of time. Uh, and from very makeshift accommodation, you know, the, there's been improvements in in the kind of durability. But you know, we still get uh, reports, for instance, that people sometimes for economic re- reasons, uh, lack of opportunities, uh, overcrowding, uh, are still be, being internally displaced. And you know, every now and then, in certain areas, they would still pop up the most rudimentary of uh, tents uh, that would then be the ones that are most vulnerable uh, to the elements of of nature. So uh, are we still seeing uh, many more people still being internally displaced? And as a result of that, uh, you know, there are fresh, maybe smaller, but fresher waves of people who are almost starting from scratch and uh, these are the people that perhaps would require the most assistance and are most susceptible to the elements. Undoubtedly, uh, I must be very honest with you, is that uh, this is a very abnormal situation and it is a very abnormal crisis and a very abnormal disaster. Uh, Because, you know, just when you think that there is light at the end of the tunnel and then you realize we're still not yet there. We are still not yet there. In the initial days, um, many experts are given a time frame and they said perhaps maybe just five years and everything will settle down. I mean, we're going on for 11 years to 12 years now. We're going on for 12 years. And I can personally tell you, I don't think there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so, subhanAllah, you know, nowadays the norm is you find many makeshift refugee camps which pop up in different areas. So families or little tribes uh, that have, uh, are fleeing uh, from wherever there is violence or fleeing from because of safety, you know, they will just come to an open piece of land and they will say, we're going to make this home and they will reside there. And it starts off with a very makeshift shelter, sometimes with pieces of wood with a basic, basic uh, covering on the top. And then, subhanAllah, you know, eventually things evolve, evolve with the help of humanitarian agencies like the Alinda Foundation, uh, it comes into tents. Then from there, it becomes a container home. And uh, subhanAllah, and especially we find here in Turkey, uh, as they cross the border, many of them cross the border, and that's the natural human phenomenon. They will always look for greener pastures, safer, safer pastures, whatever it may be. So as they cross the border, and then they end up in warehouses, end up living in very squalid conditions. Like this time around, we inspected uh, some of the dwellings of where uh, refugees are staying. And subhanAllah, I went to one home, which was basically uh, just like in a warehouse. And people were living in, in a kind of a room. And there were 12 people. There were two women with 10 children living in this room, basically. And, you know, you cannot even make out what is the bathroom and what is the kitchen. It's all in one. It's very, very, very squalid condition. So the point that I'm making 
you know, whether they had started off from a makeshift shelter, maybe some wood and a little covering, you know, to where they end up in, uh, in, in a warehouse. Uh, it's a very abnormal situation. It is not even conducive to human, to human living. But nevertheless, uh, we, try, we as a humanitarian organization, we try our level best to try and uplift and empower these, these families and to try and give them something decent. And I always say this, you know, uh, we cannot salvage the entire crisis. Or we don't have the ability to save the entire crisis. But yes, we will continue to persevere. We will continue to persevere and try our level best to try and help as many as we can. And alhamdulillah, we do see the barakah. We do see the barakah in our resources. We do see the barakah in our, in our, in our funds, etc. You know, that so many families are empowered and so many families are assisted, etc. And may Allah give all of us, all of us, the donors, all those playing some role in whatever capacity, barakah and blessing for what we are doing. Uh, so yes, we do see things evolving. So eventually, you know, these makeshift refugee camps, it becomes a little bit more formal. Uh, then uh, people are identified. There's a proper registry put into place uh, with identity for, for all the, the, the refugees, etc. So there is some kind of a program, you know, to try and at least progress these people to a better form of living. So uh, we often talk about in the month of uh, Rajab the uh, preparation for the month of Ramadan and we know that uh, some of the uh, acts that we will do abundantly in the month of Ramadan would be for instance uh, reading Quran, uh, the Nabi of Allah would be the most generous in the month of Ramadan and, and you know that recitation of the Quran that uh, generosity uh, does not just uh, you know come all of a sudden in the month of Ramadan if one wants to optimize it if one wants to have the best best experience with these good deeds in the month of Ramadan there has to be a a, a slow but steady steady build up and all of this would be uh, assisting in the broader objective of uh, acquiring taqwa as is the objective of the, of the month of Ramadan and, and, and therefore, uh, in the context of preparing for the month of Ramadan, Karisap, uh, I want to uh, end up with asking you, with so many things happening, so many pressures that people would feel, so many causes that would be close to, to, the, to their heart, uh, when we talk about Sham, when we talk about the Syrian refugees, 12 years on, uh, people perhaps have, uh, had the attention caught by Syria uh, incrementally from time to time. Why is it from your side, what are the most compelling reasons that uh, people in South Africa, people listening to this, should consider Syria, the children of Syria, the refugees of Syria, as a compelling personal responsibility right now? Well, subhanAllah, it's a, it's a very difficult uh, question and, and, and analysis because we have uh, so many disasters in different parts of the world going. Like, I mean, even in Somalia right now, there's a starvation crisis. Um, of course, yes, so we all know what's happening with our Palestinian brothers and sisters, you know, who also need our assistance. And of course, yes, our brothers and sisters that are residing in these refugee camps here on the borders of uh, Syria. You know, um, so undoubtedly, you know, we need to do personal soul searching but all I can say to you is that remember Bilad al-Sham. Bilad al-Sham is also part of al You know, it's also a blessed place. It's also a blessed place. 
And when you interact, when you interact with the people of Shah, you can feel that they have something very special about them. Subhanallah. You know, uh, especially when you interact with the children, when you interact with the orphans, you know, they have a special energy, subhanAllah, you know, that really uplifts you and motivates you. And I always say this, you know, sometimes we venture out into these areas to help and assist people and to inspire them and motivate them, but they end up inspiring us and motivating us to become better Muslim and better Muslims. And, you know, they, they, they teach us how to make sabr. They really honestly, literally, and practically teach us the, the meaning of what sabr is all about. And so, subhanAllah, we make lots of Allah that He allows us to assist the Ummah wherever the Ummah is suffering. Wherever the Ummah may be suffering, we will try and assist. Hence, uh, Arindal Foundation has such a comprehensive uh, Ramadan uh, program, has a such a comprehensive uh, relief aid program globally that we try and help and assist humanity, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. So, uh, we will be, inshallah, in the next few days, uh, Arindal Foundation will be issuing uh, its, uh, its, its program for Ramadan. And we'll ask all of our listeners to watch the space very, very, very closely. But ultimately, ultimately, we make dua to Allah that whatever we do, whatever we do, uh, Allah accepts it from us. Whatever we donate, whoever we decide to assist and help, Allah must give us the quality of ikhlas, and acceptance. This is so much important. Kabul is such an important thing. And I personally ask all of the listeners and yourself to make dua for me personally. That Allah uh, always accept me for the khidmat of the Quran, insan, and deen, you know, till we close our eyes. I mean, Jazakallah Khairan, uh, Karshap, and uh, you know, speaking to us at this late hour from uh, a totally odd part of the world, uh, what brings you there is the concern for humanity, the mutual brotherhood, and uh, the blessedness and responsibility to this place. Uh, and it's, it's, it's only uh, so beautiful to be able to bring uh, the, the sentiments that you share uh, and the eyewitness reports of from there back to South Africa and hope once again this rekindles the spirit of uh, responsibility to uh, the, 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 the suffering masses all over the world, particularly in Bilad al-Sham, uh, a responsibility that in actual fact should not wane. Shukran Jazeelan and uh, as you said, uh, using this time to be able to build up to the month of Ramadan and uh, see how best the, 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 the seasons of goodness could be spent in these avenues of goodness. Barakallahu fiqh, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.